The message you're about to listen to is a recording from God's favorite house. It is our prayer that you listen, your life will be transformed, and you will be taken to greater heights in your walk with Jesus. Amen. God bless you as you listen to this message. Hallelujah. Good morning again, everybody. Say good morning to your neighbor to the left and to your right. So today, this morning, we are in the second part of Limitless. So we started the first part, I mean, the first Sunday of the year, and um, now we are in part two. And, and, and we've subtitled um, today's message, A Blueprint for Your Life. Would you want to have a new blueprint for your life? Would you want to be able to um, have a, a clear blueprint that you can actually see come to pass and become limitless in your endeavors? Today, God will infuse his understanding into our lives. He will infuse his strength. He will infuse his wisdom and he will bring his light in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. So, Limitless is first of all about who we are. It's about who you are. So to be limitless is not primarily about the events that happen to you. Yes, that is secondary. But primarily, to be limitless is about who you are. Which is why I really like our, our slogan when we close our services and we say, GFH, God's favorite house, who are we? Then we say, we are limitless. We are limitless. You see, the truth is like um, the late Archbishop Bethany Dahosa said that you cannot be um, a lizard in Lagos and an alligator in London, for instance. You cannot be a lizard in Lagos and an alligator in London. Who you are is what determines how great you manifest your life, all that God has given you, wherever you are. So to be limitless is to be first. Limitless, then to now see limitlessness in every area of our endeavors. So there's so much Today, we are praying that God himself will breathe upon us in the name of Jesus. So, for starters, we need to realize that we are spirits. You are a spirit. You live in a body. So, when you look in the mirror, the person you see is the body. Not, this, not who you really are. You are in that, in this shell, in this body. And spirits are limitless. Spirits are not held bound by space or by walls or by gates. You see, you can put up the best defense system in your house. You can put up big burglary proofs, high fence, you know, solid bulletproof doors. Spirits can come in. <laughs> you can't hold them back. The barriers that exist in the physical, don't limit spirits. Spirits are limitless. They're not limited by space or the barriers placed in space. Neither are they limited by time or the breakdown of time. 
spirits can be in Lagos today in Paracot this same moment. There is no distance in the spirit. And so spirits are limitless. You need to realize that you are a spirit. You are a spirit now. But pastor, I, I cannot um, be, I wish I can be in London even right now, but I'm here sitting, you know. I mean, so uh, what are you saying? That is where the body comes in. You live in a body. And because you live in a body, it is both a blessing and a limitation. It, it, it is a blessing because it, it's your license for being here on earth. The moment your body ceases to function, you are not permitted to be on earth as a roaming spirit. No, you will be redeployed back to your source. And that is how it works. So this body, it's a blessing. So we can be here on earth, we can, you know, enjoy the things that God has put here for us to enjoy on earth. But you see, the, 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 the key thing is that it is also a limitation. The body is also limited. The body is limited. The body is, is, is limited, as, as you know, you know, because of this body, your spirit is, I don't want to use the word trapped in this body, but your spirit is living in this body. And if your spirit leaves the body and is detached, let me use the, the word detached carefully, you know, because, you know, some people can, you know, argue that your spirit can live, but detached from the body. Boom! You are dead, you are gone. And you don't have a right to be here again. So, the, as much as it's a blessing, the body brings a limitation upon the spirit. And that is where the limitedness of humanity resides. Now, to now worsen it, or to make it worse, you know, this body is actually in a fallen state because of sin. This body is in a fallen state. Adam and Eve sinned. Sin came into the world. The world is broken. This body that you are in is actually not only just limited, it's in a falling state. No wonder what happens at rapture is that we are given a new body, a limitless body, a body that can function in heaven, on earth, that can be transported. No wonder Jesus, when he said of Jesus in Hebrews chapter 10 verse 5, he says, a body have you prepared for me? A body have you prepared for me? Both on earth to function and Jesus had a new body when he resurrected. Remember, when he came in and he said to the disciples and, and, and they didn't believe him, they were like, oh, no, no, they, well, they didn't believe him. But particularly Thomas said, if, if, I, if, I, if, I, if I don't see that wound, yes, Jesus came in through the walls because the doors were locked. Remember I said, spirits are not limited. And he had a new body which was in tune with his spirit. And so he could walk into walls. But this car of your current body exists. But the limitation does not exist. I mean, there's a whole lot there. I mean, that's not where we're going today. No wonder Paul would say in Romans chapter 7, verse 24, Oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from this body 
body of death. So Paul experienced the limitation of the body. Jesus obviously experienced this. As long as you're on earth, you will. So now, here's the deal. The extent to which your limitless spirit can influence the physical world is the extent to which you will be limitless. Hmm. Let me say that again. The extent to which your limitless spirit, that if you're a child of God, is in tune with God. If you're not a child of God, I mean, it's, it's, it's risky though, but we have people that are not Christians and are doing great things, but guess what? What will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? So, if you're a child of God, in tune with God, in tune with God's spirit, the extent to which your limitless spirit, that limitless spirit, can influence this physical world is the extent to which you will be limitless. So you remember, you know, the mathematical um, um, expression where we say the function of x and the limit of x as x approach infinity. It is, it is only as x approaches infinity. Now, I, I mean, you don't worry if, you, if you're like, oh, this is math, so pastor, you know, I escaped from math. You know, but for those that, that understand, I mean, uh, differential equations, you realize that X can only approach it, can only approach it. So on Earth, as long as you're on Earth, you're as limitless as your limitless spirit can influence the physical world. So for someone maybe whose destiny is to be a medical doctor, is limitless as long let's take physical walking or running it doesn't need to run as fast as Usain Bolt it just needs to be able to move from his car to his office and it will fulfill his destiny is limitless but for someone like Usain Bolt to fulfill his destiny he needs to run faster than that medical doctor so both are running at different paces but both are fulfilling their destinies do you get me? Now, fantastic. So, as you are able to redeploy or deploy your limitless spirit, you are able, and, and, and have it influence the world, you are able to be actually limitless. So, your spirit interfaces with the physical world through your body. I mean, that is clear. You're, you can touch, feel, eat, express, draw, perform your profession, your business because of your physical body. When your physical body is sick or is, is down, you can't go to work. You know, you can't interface. You know, you can't, you know. So it's the physical body. However, your spirit influences the physical world through your soul, through your soul. I mean, we, 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 we use the word soul loosely and we use it, the word mind loosely. We won't go into all, all the technicalities, you know, because it's a whole body of knowledge by itself. So, you influence, you interface with the world, with the body. You influence the world 
with your mind. And it is the mind, your soul, that connects to your spirit. And your spirit to the spirit of God. So through the Holy Spirit, through your spirit, your mind can influence the world. Remember the illustration Pastor K gave at one of the prayer meetings and, 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 and he said that, um, give the, 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 the story of Babel. The people said, they used their mind to imagine a tower that reaches heaven. They, it, is, it was in their mind. And they said, they will build a tower. And God said, they will achieve it. It will not be impossible for them. Because with their minds, they can influence the physical world. And guess what? They need to carry the bricks with their hands, with their bodies. They need to interface with their bodies. But they influenced it with their minds. So if you are to influence your world and become all that God has created you for, you need to release your mind. You need to allow your spirit to set your mind free. I mean, this is so, so, so powerful. And there are two concepts we're going to talk about today that has to do with that. And we trust that God himself will unpack it for you in the name of Jesus. You know, I mean, this is one of the sermons that I wish I had three hours. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, and, and of course we have what to preach for next week and for GWDIA, you know, and all that. So, stay with me. I will trust that the Holy Spirit will unpack it. The first concept is the concept of faith. Everybody say faith. The concept of faith. You cannot be limitless without releasing your faith. Your faith is a key, it's a, it's a major key to being limitless. You have to realize that everything that tries to stifle your faith is just trying to stifle your destiny. If the enemy can succeed in shaking your faith or restricting your faith, the enemy would have succeeded in restricting the, the destiny, but it will fail on your behalf in the name of Jesus. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1, then we read 5 and 6. It says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. It says, by faith, Enoch was translated, was limitless. Oh, it's big. <sighs> that it should not see death. Death is a limitation. Enoch was translated, that it should not see death. And was not found. Why? Because God had translated him. He was so in tune with God. His spirit was so in tune with the spirit of God that his body could switch into another realm. His physical body could switch into the spiritual world. It's, it's, it's beautiful. Ah, you know, he was translated. And for before he was translated, he had this testimony that he pleased God. May your life please God in the name of Jesus. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. You see that? Without faith, it is impossible to be limitless, to be in sync, to please this God. For he that comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. 
there's someone that is watching this right now that your faith in God because of the things that have happened in your life you are putting a question mark on God you just said you should you should tune in today God will visit you in a mighty way in the name of Jesus amen amen says but without faith it is impossible to please God for he that comes to God must believe that he is and that is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him so it takes faith to be in sync with God it takes faith to be limitless to be in sync with God Romans 10 17 now that now stay with me this is big it's huge if you get this if you get this ah so you see faith without faith you cannot be limitless you cannot be in sync with this God it takes faith for Peter to say to Jesus if it is you tell me to come and he says come it took faith for Peter to step out of the boat and step on water and he was walking he was actually walking on water define physics define everything every law and working on water Romans 10 17 says now this faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God so in case you're like um you know try to beat yourself down oh I don't have faith I know oh, faith is for oh my house fellowship leader has a lot of faith oh you know he's such a powerful man of faith da, 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 da. listen nobody has a copyright to faith faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of god so you need to put yourself in the place where you are hearing and hearing the word of god this kind of messages you need to put them on replay hear it and hear it and hear it until something explodes in you then you know you have it so don't worry about the things that are not revealed. Many times you're like, oh, there are a lot of things that are revealed already. There are a lot of things that have been shared. You need to listen to teachings. You need to listen to the word of God. Why? Because the things that are revealed makes faith possible. It is the revelation that has, that has been proclaimed and preached and, and spoken forth that makes faith possible. But guess what? The things that are hidden makes faith possible necessary so the things that are revealed makes faith possible and the things that are hidden makes faith necessary 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 so as we go on this journey we should realize that without faith we cannot be limitless and you see when we look at the christian work itself it is a work of faith it is a work of faith. When people come to Christ, you come to Christ by faith. By faith. And once you come to Christ by faith, your position changes. And that's how it works. You are translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. You are translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of God. So your position changes. So, so, Pastor, what I say, what I'm saying is this: that Christian conversion is not a change in circumstance. It's not, neither is it a change in behavior immediately. 
It is a change in position. But as you, as you come into the fullness, the limitlessness of that positioning, your behavior will change. Your circumstance will inevitably change. But many times we are focused on changing the circumstance, on being limitless in our circumstance, on being limitless in our, in our behavior, while we are not taking our position in Christ. It is going to be, at best, just dogma and religion and frustrating and caging. So we see people that, that comp compare themselves or, or make all their efforts in changing their circumstances and wanting to experience being limitless in their circumstances, and that, that's okay. That's okay. But it's a byproduct. It's a byproduct. People say things like, oh, but... Oh, if I'm serving the living God, why don't uh, I have a whatever, fill in the blank? Or why is this still happening to me? Or why is that fill in the blank? Or, or if I'm serving a, a living God, why am I still struggling with these feelings, these behaviors, these habits? Fill in the blank. I will struggle in those areas, not realizing that if we can be, <laughs> hallelujah, if we can be, take, just taking that position in Christ and understanding it and being all that Christ has for us, inevitably our behaviors will change. You you do not you do, you do not see a prince in, that is in a palace behaving like a beggar. It doesn't happen because his positioning is is robbed in royalty. Same thing. You cannot expect him to be limited or to be behaving. He understands palace protocols. His behavior will fall in line. You don't start with behavior or start with circumstance. You start with being, positioning. Positioning. We are seated with him in the heavenly places, far above principalities and powers. Hallelujah. Amen. So that's the first thing is faith. It's faith. The second thing that we want to talk about today hmm, is, you know, these things, if we get them on lockdown, we will truly be limitless. So the second thing we want to talk about today is the subconscious mind. The subconscious mind is <laughs> huge. So we have the conscious mind and the subconscious mind. And, and it's important that you know, I mean, that you have a subconscious mind. The conscious mind we, we all can relate to. The conscious mind is what that says, oh, I'm going to, I want to eat um, jollof rice and dodo today with some chicken, you know, and you are conscious. You are consciously, you know, taking charge. 
that is the conscious mind. Then the subconscious mind is the part of the mind that is subconscious. I mean, it's, it is in autopilot. It's, 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 it's not, you are not conscious of it necessarily, except you pay attention um, to it. We're going to see how the scriptures ties all these things together. Unfortunately, you see, the New Age people, you know, people into all sorts of occultic practices and all that, they abused, if you will, the subconscious mind or the, the, the knowledge of the subconscious mind or the application of the, of the subconscious mind. You see, but the truth is that once something is the, is, is the principle, it's a principle. Whether you're a Christian or a Muslim or a Buddhist, or a, it's a principle. However, what they don't know is that it's rooted in the Word of God. That's one. Secondly, the abuse thereof is, is what a lot of people are now exposed to. But we stick with scriptures 100%. But let's look at this um, graphic from a psychology site on the subconscious mind. Interesting fact, it says that it records everything. So your subconscious mind actually records everything. It is always alert and awake. It controls, they say, 95% of our lives. Some say more, some say less. But about 95%, it's built on habits. It speaks to you in your dreams. Remember, the Word of God says that out of the multitude of business, that a dream comes out of the multitude of business. It has no verbal language. It takes everything literally. It takes everything literally. That's it. The subconscious mind, everything is literal to it. It can do trillions of things at once. It is not logical. The subconscious mind is illogical. It's the feeling mind. <laughs> it is one million times more powerful than the conscious mind because it actually really controls our mind. Now, when we look at, it's interesting, everything is in the Bible, everything. When you look at Ephesians chapter 4, verse 23, this is Paul talking to the church in Ephesus. Paul was saying, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. You see, what it calls, you know, sometimes you say the mind, but when the Bible says the spirit of your mind, it's your subconscious mind. Your subconscious mind. God says, be renewed in your subconscious mind. Take charge of your subconscious mind. Make it new. That is how to be spiritual and to be limitless. Take charge of your subconscious mind. This is big. So Paul is saying, God is saying to us, take charge of your subconscious mind. The subconscious mind doesn't know the difference between an idea and reality. Everything that it takes is real to it. So what breathes in the subconscious mind eventually becomes reality. This is the programming of your mind. If you can get a picture into your subconscious mind. If you have a picture in your subconscious mind about your life consistently, regardless of what you are saying, it is what is in the subconscious mind that will manifest. It is what is in the subconscious mind that will become a reality. If you see yourself as 
a pauper, regardless of the number of cars you have or the wealth you have, that state of being a pauper will eventually happen. If you see yourself as depressed, no matter how happy on the outside, the facade, that state of mind, that subconscious will actually eventually, it's so powerful that God wants you to take charge of it. It is the place where God wants you to begin to lay the new blueprint of your life. Why? Because once the subconscious mind accepts an idea, that idea will certainly become reality. So the question is, what do you want to see in your life? Do you, if you're a student, do you want to see A's? All A's. So what you do is, you put it in your subconscious mind. How? I will show you. You put all A's in your subconscious mind. It will begin to affect how you read, begin to affect the friends you keep, begin to affect the, the time you, you watch TV, begin to affect everything. And guess what? Those A's will eventually become reality. I'm telling you what, I mean, for the most part, I have done subconsciously <laughs> in my life, you know. And when I now learned about, about this, I, I've been more deliberate about it. And everything, you know, that's how it works. That's how it works. When you accept, for instance, fruitfulness in your subconscious mind, you, you accept the fact that you are fruitful. You will be fruitful. It is impossible for you to be barren. Absolutely impossible. But guess what? When it happens, when you now have your children, for instance, or, or your business or your finances, whatever area of fruitfulness you're trusting God for, you will not be shocked. Everybody else can be shocked, but you will not be shocked. Do you know why you will not be shocked? Because you have already lived in it. It's already a reality to you. You know, and that's where it ties back to faith. You know, faith is the substance of the things hoped for. Where is that substance held? The substance is held in the subconscious mind. When the subconscious mind, and this is huge, when the subconscious mind can take hold of what you are hoping for, you have faith. Hmm. Once you have the evidence of what you have not seen in the physical, you have that evidence in your subconscious mind. You already have the sea of all in your subconscious mind. The land is yours. Oh, that's how to take over territories. Once you have the sea of all in your subconscious mind, you have the certificate of occupancy, whatever that means in your culture, you have, you have the deed of the land. In your subconscious mind, guess what? Inevitably, the land is yours. If in your subconscious mind you feel valued, you feel loved, you, are, you, have, you have set the blueprint of I am valued, I am loved, guess what? No one can devalue you. You don't need to make a lot of effort. You don't need to prove any point to anyone. You are just valued. <laughs> you, 
you are. Hallelujah. And so Romans 8, 6, Romans 8, 6 says to us, so letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. Letting your sinful nature, letting the carnal mind control your mind, your, your, your subconscious, your, your mind, your subconscious mind leads to death. But letting the spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. Now, Paul was talking to Christians here. He was saying to be carnally minded is death. So there are a lot of Christians, when you talk about death here, it's talking about separation from the Father of all spirits. It's, it's talking about separation from being limitless. It's talking about being limited. You see that. But when the Spirit of God controls your mind, it's life and peace. One key factor to being limitless is you have life in abundance and you have peace of mind. When you don't have life, you don't have peace, you're limited. You're limited. So you can recreate your life by giving a new blueprint to your subconscious mind. Ah, speak. Look at your life. If you don't like what you see, you can recreate the new life you want to see by giving a new blueprint to your subconscious mind. That's what we see in scriptures. It's right there. It's right there. You can, a new blueprint. So when, if I can give my subconscious mind a new blueprint for my life and sustain that blueprint in it, it's going to affect my behavior and it's going to affect my circumstance. Then my environment will change. Then my life will change. It will become reality. That's how powerful it is. So, so the question is, that, Pastor, how do I give my subconscious mind this new blueprint? Okay, I have a new blueprint. This is how I want my life to, to look like, my family to look like, my children to look like. This is how I, how I want my business to look like. This is what I want to look like spiritually in, in all the areas of my goals. God, this is what I want to see. How do I pass that into my subconscious mind? I'm glad you asked. Are you ready? Two main ways, and we are done. Number one, by meditation. Everybody say meditation. By meditation. Again, these are scriptural words. The world and new age people are, you know, trying to tell us what it is not and, you know, push it over the cliff, abuse it, and create errors out of it. But we stay with the word of God. Do I get an amen? Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. It says, This book of the law, the Bible, the word of God, shall not depart out of your mouth. Now, stay with me. But thou shalt meditate therein day and night. How often should you meditate in it? Day and night. Day and night. When you do that, when you meditate day and night, says you will observe to do, it will begin to affect your behavior. You see that? All that, according to all that is written thereof, it says, then you will make your way prosperous. Then it will affect your circumstance. 
<laughs> Huge. And then you will have good success. And then you will have good success. So you see that when this book of the Lord is the word of God, when you meditate day and night. Now, what does it mean to meditate? To me is it to, to just stay in a place of um, stillness and levitate and let your thoughts so, you know, no, 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 no. To meditate, the word of God says, it shall not depart from your mouth. To meditate means you speak the word to yourself. You let it, you hear it yourself. You let it program your mind. You use your mouth to program your mind. That's what it says. Use your mouth. Your mouth is what you use to program your mind. You use your mouth to program your mind. So I've, I've, I've worked, I mean, by the grace of God, with hundreds and thousands, if you will, of people that have gone through very difficult things. Suicidal thoughts, depression, dark dungeons, you know, some actually really possessed with devils. And I say to them, I sit with them, by God's grace, craft the word of God to them. That is, it's like, it's like, um, you know, spec, built to spec, <laughs> you know. I said to them, you, you, you stand in the mirror, sometimes they stand in, the, in front of a mirror, and speak this to yourself in the morning and at night, in the morning and every day. None of them, none of them remain the same. All of them completely changed. You cannot build your life on the word of God and remain the same. It's impossible. So you speak it to yourself. You repeat it over and over and over again. You will have what you say. You will have what you say. You should never say, I cannot afford it. Never, for instance. If there's something that you, you need, and I'm not saying that you, you, you should be uh, saying, I want to buy the whole world. Of course, that's foolishness. But if there's something that you need, you need a car, for instance, or you need a house, and you see a house that you like, that you, you want, you, you envision your children, your, your wife, your children, your family to be in, and you see the price of the house. They say it's $1.5 million. Never say, I cannot afford it. Never. Because if you say, I cannot afford it, you will not be able to afford it. Never. So what should you say? Say, how much is it? <laughs> I want to give you, take a picture of that house, write the amount, put it in a place, and begin to prophesy. Begin to speak. Begin to, initially you won't believe it. It's okay. Don't be afraid if you don't believe it. Just say, oh, but Pastor, I don't have the faith. Mm -mm, that's not the issue. The issue is, do you desire it? Do you believe it is God's will for you? Then speak it. Then speak it. Then speak it. Then speak it. Then you use the word of God. I will inhabit houses I did not build. I will drink from vineyards I did not plant. And once your subconscious mind hears it, believes it, <laughs> it's just a function of time. I can tell you stories upon stories upon stories, but, you know, let's, for time. <laughs> the first thing is meditation. The second thing, how do I give my subconscious mind this new blueprint that I have, that I want? The second thing is what, what I call pre-sleep programming. 
pre-sleep programming. Programming your subconscious mind before you sleep, every night before you sleep. Every night before you sleep. Your subconscious mind is mostly in charge when you are asleep. Because when you are asleep, your conscious mind is at rest. Your subconscious mind is not asleep, it's awake. It's awake. It's mostly in charge. So when you pre-program it, you tell it what you want it to begin to work on while you are sleeping. It becomes powerful. You become unstoppable. You become limitless. Job 33.15. Job 33.15 says, in a dream, remember the subconscious mind controls our dream state. It's not all dreams are from your subconscious mind, yes. Some dreams are from the Holy Spirit, some dreams are from the enemy, but a lot of the dreams are from our subconscious minds. The things for the multitude of business, the Bible says. Multitude of business, the things you have programmed in, you know. But many times, God comes into our subconscious minds and gives us a dream. It is the Spirit of God that comes. But, but let's read Job. It says, in a dream, in a vision of the night, you see that, when deep sleep falleth on men, in slumberings upon the bed, it says, then he openeth their ears, he openeth the ears of men, and sealeth their instruction. In a dream, in a vision of night, when deep sleep falleth upon men, in slumbering upon the bed, then he openeth their ears, he openeth the ears of men, and sealeth their instructions. So we see, if I can program my subconscious mind before I sleep, that's why you, 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 I mean, put on the word before you sleep. Many times, I mean, it used to be every day for me, but these days, time and again, because I change what I do, sometimes it's the word of God. I live plain, I live the Bible plain. Before I sleep, I sleep off with the Bible. Guess what? When I am asleep physically, my subconscious mind is awake and is engaging the word of God. How powerful is that? Ooh. Sometimes it's worship. I just live worship. Worship on. You are asleep. But my spirit is awake. My grandmother would say, there's a song, Musun Shubon Okomiji I'm asleep, but my spirit, my mind is awake. But when we fill it with worship, guess what? Your mind is free to commune with your creator, with your maker. You are worshiping, you are at his feet. When you cannot wake up depressed. It's impossible. It's impossible. It's impossible. You change your life completely. You see the picture of that house. You see the picture of that family that you, you desire. You see the picture of that position that where you want your business to be before you sleep and you speak the word of God concerning it and go to sleep. And go to sleep. What that does is it brings you in unity with yourself because you have to be one with yourself to be limitless. 
You have to be. In fact, that's what doubt is. When there are multiple voices, division within you. And that's why people are limited. Sometimes the conscious mind takes a position and the subconscious mind takes a different position. You know, there's conflict. Guess what? It is the subconscious mind that will win. But we are not happy many times. Why? Because we want the things in our conscious mind to win. But if you don't program your conscious mind, your subconscious mind rather, deliberately, you will always get what is in your subconscious mind. How powerful is that? How powerful is that? You can become closer to God by programming your subconscious mind. You can become powerful spiritually by programming your You can become wealthy by programming your subconscious mind. You can become free from depression, free from anxiety, free from failures, free from every limitation by reprogramming your subconscious mind. A new blueprint for your life. Jesus speaking. He says, I and the Father are one. <laughs> Unity. I'm one with myself. I'm one with the Father. I, I pray you'll be able to say, I and my Father are one. That's the height of greatness, of being. He says, but guess what? They, they, then the Jews took, took up stones again to stone him. <laughs> he said, I have my father, but they wanted to stone him. He said, wait, 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 wait. Jesus answered them, is it not written in the Bible? It was quoting Psalm 82. It was saying, Psalm 82 verse 6, is it not written in your Bible that I said, you are gods. You are gods. I say, Psalm 82 verse 6, ye are gods. You are all the children of the Most High God. Lion doesn't give birth to goats. If God, your Father, is a spirit, is limitless, and you are in his image, you are a spirit, you are limitless, you ought to be. Take this word. Wrestle with it. Wrestle with it over and over and over and over. And God will bring about that change that will propel you into your limitlessness in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Remember, without faith, it's impossible to please God. So, once you take your position in Christ, your behavior changes. You begin to do accordingly. As it is written, then your circumstance changes. You make your way prosperous. You have good success. Remember, being limitless is first and foremost about who you are. Who you are. Are you here today? You're not a child of God. That's who you are. You're not a child of God. <laughs> That's who you are not. <laughs> you want to say, Pastor, pray with me. I want to be limitless. I want to be limitless, truly limitless. It starts by being in sync with the Father of all spirits. Or you are saying, I used to be born again, but I am not working with God right now. Can I come back, Pastor? Can you pray with me? Yes, I want to pray with you. If in any of those two categories, that is me, that is you. Wherever you are seated, pull up your hand now over your head, over your head. If you are online also, pull up your hand. God sees you. God sees you. Pull up that hand and accept and this call, I'm going to hand over to the RP 
even right now. 